Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another Soul of America radio broadcast. Tonight's episode is Let's Straighten It Out, starring Dr. Bo, also known as Big Easy. Big Easy helps you work out and foster healthy relationships. Tonight's show is brought to you by Blog Talk Radio and hosted and produced by the Soul of America Radio. And now, without any ado, we take you directly to Let's Straighten It Out with Dr. Bo. you get thrown at you 
uh, during the course of your lifetime. Uh, some of you know my father died about six weeks ago, and since then there are about eight or nine people that are either relatives or relatives of friends or relatives of coworkers. It's just been one funeral after another. And sometimes when those things happen, if you let it, it could get you down, or you can see that uh, there's a lot of negative things going on in this world. So the thoughts I want to share with you tonight is really an encouragement for you to reconsider how you perceive yourself, others, and the world around you. And when you're in a difficult situation, uh, try to look at things differently to see if that won't help to alleviate some of the distress that happens when we encounter uh, negative circumstances, negative people, and negative events. And the technique that I want to share with you tonight is called cognitive restructuring. It's basically changing the way that we see things. Some people use that synonymously with cognitive reframing. And it's just a process of looking at a different way to identify and challenge some of your irrational, dysfunctional, or maladaptive thoughts as you encounter situations, and to use logic and reasoning to help you to look at things differently. There's a group of therapeutic interventions that use this technique of cognitive restructuring. Um, one that you might be familiar with is cognitive behavior therapy. One of the pioneers of that particular model is Aaron Beck, and he does a lot of work with people who have anxiety and depression and other uh, illnesses or dis, uh, problems that respond to this cognitive approach. Another one is rational emotive therapy, and the pioneer with that, that's one of the more famous ones, is Albert Ellis. And then there's rational behavior therapy, uh, which was founded by Maxim Maltzby. Uh, Dr. Maltzby was a, is a professor emeritus at Howard University Medical College and was one of the cohorts of Albert Ellis. And all of these cognitive therapies address the issue of our thinking, and it looks at the ideas that we have about ourselves and about other people and about circumstances. And each of these therapists have one thing in common, and that is that it's not the events and the people and the situations that cause us to have problems like with anxiety or depression. It's our thoughts about these things. Our thoughts cause our feelings, which causes our behavior. So it's not these external events that cause us to feel a certain way. It's our perception of these events. And that's why you can see two people experience the same tragedy, and one person handles it and keeps going and another one gets bogged down and can't seem to get over it. But it all goes back to your perception of the things that happen to you. Now, the benefit of cognitive restructuring or reframing is that oftentimes you cannot change people, you can't change circumstances, and some negative events in life are unavoidable. But what you do have control over it's your ability to change the way you think about these things and to change the way that you respond to them. So rather than spending a lot of energy dwelling on something that's totally beyond your control, 
then you can use that energy to look at how can I look at this differently? How can I reframe the way I think about this situation? How can I change my approach to life? And how can I be more proactive to be aware of what are some of those circumstances and events that tend to get me down? And how can I think about these things and deal with them differently? So, again, you oftentimes don't have any control over people's circumstances and events that occur in your life, but you always have some choice or control over what your thoughts are about that event and how you respond to it. And so one way of doing that, one of the basic premises of cognitive restructuring uses a procedure that goes way back in the, the Socratic method, um, and as you might guess, um, this was attributed to the Greek philosopher Socrates. And you oftentimes see this method in legal education. Uh, some of you might remember the paper chase that was on several years ago, and basically using the Socratic method, whether it's in teaching or in therapy or training, uh, you basically ask a series of questions, and the purpose of asking the series of questions is to help the person, the student, or whoever to look at contradictions in their thoughts and their ideas, to look at inconsistencies, and then to hopefully help them to arrive at a more rational conclusion. And so underlying this method, the students learn or the person learns to think differently through using critical thinking, reasoning, and logic and finding ways to contradict some of these irrational beliefs, some of the stinking thinking, and find different ways of looking at it. So you basically are just getting people to reconsider other options rather than just see one solution and that solution being negative. You basically, rather than telling that person what to do or how to think differently, you're just asking a series of questions to get them to think about other possibilities. And sometimes that's not easy to get people to do that because oftentimes they know that their beliefs aren't rational at some level, and they know that what they're doing is not working for them, but because we're creatures of habit and we tend to hold on to those things that are comfortable and familiar, even if it's painful and not working, then it's difficult sometimes to get people to use this process to challenge some of their beliefs. But there's a lot of research that shows that this type of approach to dealing with problems in life, particularly those problems that cause you anxiety, depression, frustration, and other distressing symptoms, that it's worth considering there's a different way of looking at life. And rather than going through this misery that I'm encountering every day and feeling down in the dumps, how can I look at life differently and how can I reframe the way that I think about things and take a different approach? Now, one of the things to keep in mind is that there are a lot of terms that we use interchangeably and they're not necessarily the same. There's a slight difference between cognitive reframing and cognitive restructuring. Uh, and a third one that gets thrown in there sometimes is uh, cognitive distortion. The main difference between cognitive reframing and cognitive restructuring is with cognitive reframing, that's just changing that person's mindset, but it could be either positive or negative. For example, you can 
uh, reframe something in a negative sense, you can always find some uh, rationalization to hang on to your negative beliefs. But cognitive restructuring tends to focus on looking for positive solutions, uh, looking for a positive outcome. So if you're using any one of the cognitive therapies, whether it's cognitive behavior therapy, rational emotive therapy, or the rational behavior therapy, and there are numerous others, but the commonality of all these is the belief that it's not the events, people, and circumstances in our lives that create distress for us. It's our perception of these people, events, and circumstances and the choices that we make to determine how we cope with life. And so we want to take a quick break here, and then we'll come back and pick up and share a little bit more, and then we'll get into the meat of our discussion tonight, which is sharing with you this poem uh, just for today. So hold on, and we'll be back shortly. You're listening to Dr. Bo Worldwide on Let's Straighten It Out right here on the Soul of America Radio. Give Dr. Bo a call right now at 323-784-9638. That's 323-784-9638 right here on the Soul of America Radio. This is a very important message from the Soul of America Radio. Please pardon our progress. We're making major changes in our programming and programming lineup at this time, and please ask for your patience as we do so. The Soul of America Radio isn't going anywhere. We're just making progress at this time. Thank you, and continue enjoying the rest of Let's Straighten It Out with Dr. Bo. Worldwide, let's return to Let's Straighten It Out. Give Dr. Bo a call at 323-784-9638 and press 1 when you want to speak to Dr. Bo. That number is 323-784-9638. Press 1 to speak to Dr. Bo and don't you forget it. And now, here's Dr. Bo in Let's Straighten It Out. Okay, folks, welcome back to Let's Straighten It Out. Tonight we're talking about a different way of looking at life and just reframing or restructuring how you think about things and looking at negative situations in a more positive way. That's basically a way of regaining control of your life. And as I said before the break, we're looking at the uh, series of therapies that a lot of times are used for people with anxiety and depression, but it's also used for folks who have different types of addictions. But just in everyday life, we all have beliefs about things that sometimes can create distress because we take a negative approach 
of looking at things. And so what we're talking about tonight is how can you reframe your thinking or restructure your thinking to be less negative. And we are talking about the commonality of these different cognitive approaches or interventions. And one is how can we just change our thinking. I will most often refer to cognitive behavior therapy because that's one of the more common ones or uh, that's the one that tends to be used uh, synonymous to the other ones. But one of the beliefs is what they call the ABC model of cognitive behavior therapy. And the A is activating events. That would be some event that happens in your life. And B is the beliefs that you have about those events. They might be rational, irrational, or some distorted view of things. And C are the consequences or the emotions or the behavior that come as a result of that. And so there are numerous examples that we could give. For example, you walk into a room and um, all of a sudden uh, it gets real quiet. Um, one common belief might be, well, the silence is because of you or maybe they were talking about you or you have some negative perception of that. And then that one negative belief has a domino effect and then it goes on into other negative beliefs or you are at work and you get called into your boss's office and the first thing you think is, oh, boy, I'm getting ready to, to be fired. Well, you come in, it might be something totally different uh, than what you expect. So as you experience things during the course of the day, you need to be mindful of what types of beliefs or thoughts do we have about this person, situation, or event. And if it tends to be a negative perception that leads to you having some distress about it, then you might want to change the way that you're thinking. Some of the common cognitive distortions that we have or some of the stinking thinking or negative beliefs is some people tend to see things in black and white. Uh, it's either or. You know, you don't see any gray or in between. And so it is, if you're talking about relationships, then you tend to see relationships as a right, wrong, win, lose kind of scenario. And by doing that, you block out a lot of different options because it might be that both people are right or it might be that there are some positive things that you might be overlooking. Uh, sometimes we tend to use what's called filtering, where you focus in on the negative, you just filter out the positive and all you can see are the bad things that are happening uh, in your life. And so uh, that creates a lot of distress. Another one is mind reading, where you assume that you know what someone is thinking. And unfortunately, oftentimes, no matter what they tell you that they're thinking, if you're stuck on the negative, oftentimes you won't believe what they say, and you tend to still dwell on your negative perceptions of that Another distorted thinking is what I call awfulizing or catastrophizing. Uh, you imagine the worst-case scenario, something minor happens, and you perceive it as a, if it's the end of the world, uh, and you overreact. And when you do that, your body reacts to the distress, and it does not distinguish between real or perceived threats. And if you're constantly in that type of a negative mode, your body is constantly under stress. Your blood pressure goes up. Your heart beats faster. You have all those autonomic reactions or automatic 
reactions to stress. And if that happens for too long, it can actually contribute to physical problems if you aren't careful. Uh, some people <clears throat> get into overgeneralizing, uh, using terms like always and never, and you just tend to get so stressed out because you blow things out of proportion. And then you've got those people that uh, confuse facts with feelings. They've got their mind made up, and they don't want to be confused with the facts. So they assume that just because I feel this way, I must be right. There must be a reason for me feeling this way. Well, sometimes the only reason that you're feeling that way is because of your thinking, and you choose to feel that way because there are a lot of other choices that you can make. And so these things tend to just create more distress, and it creates a lot of problems. So what we want to do is look at this whole idea of restructuring and look at how can I change my way of thinking about these things. And when I start finding myself thinking the negative, slow down long enough to just think about what's a different way of looking at things. And so I want to share this poem with you, and then we'll get into some discussion of it because it's something that helps you to break down your day into compartments and to just take smaller chunks of life and not overwhelm yourself uh, with trying to do everything at one time or trying to make too drastic a change in too short a time. So I want to share this poem with you, and then we'll go through it and discuss it um, in smaller bits. And again, if you want to call in and share your thoughts or raise questions, uh, that number is 323-784-9638. And once you call, if you want to make a comment, uh, press 1, and I'll bring you into the queue. So let's share this poem uh, just for today. It says, just for today, I will try to live through this day only, not tackle all of my whole life's problems at once. I can do something for 12 hours that would appall me if I felt I had felt that I had to keep it up for a lifetime. Just for today, I will be happy. This assumes to be true what Abraham Lincoln said, that most folks are as happy as they make up their minds to be. Just for today, I will adjust myself to what is and not try to adjust everything to my own desires. I will take my luck as it comes and fit myself to it. Just for today, I will try to strengthen my mind. I will study. I will learn something useful. I will not be a mental loafer. I will read something that requires effort, thought, and concentration. Just for today, I will exercise my soul in three ways. I will do somebody a good turn and not get found out. If anybody knows of it, it will not count. I will do at least two things I don't want to do just for exercise. I will not show anyone that my feelings are hurt. They may be hurt, but today I will not show it. Just for today, I will be agreeable. I will look as well as I can, dress becomingly, talk low, act courteously, criticize not one bit, not find fault with anything, and not try to improve or regulate anybody except myself. Just for today, I will have a plan. I will not follow it exactly, but I will have it. I will save myself from two pests, hurry and indecision. Just for today, I will have a quiet half hour all by myself and relax. During this half hour sometime, I will try to get a better perspective of my life. 
Just for today, I will be unafraid. Especially, I will not be afraid to enjoy what is beautiful and to believe that as I give to the world, so the world will give to me. And an attachment to this poem that I think was a good compliment is what's commonly known as the serenity prayer. And it says, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things that I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And so as you think about some of these bits of wisdom, uh, it can help us to avoid a lot of problems, distress, and frustration simply by changing the way that we view things. If you go through life expecting things to always work out in your favor, to always expect people to meet your expectations, if you're one of those people that feel like, you know, somehow everybody's going to like you, uh, that you're going to feel competent and um, all these things, then you're setting yourself up for a big letdown. You know, there are some people that, have these feelings that uh, Albert Ellis and others call irrational beliefs. For example, feeling like you've got to have the love and approval of all the people that are important to you or that you must feel thoroughly competent and adequate in achieving in something important. Uh, these types of things can really uh, create problems for you, and so you need to make changes. Um, one of the Wisdom, bits of wisdom that is shared with people that are in 12-step programs, uh, whether for whatever the problem might be, is one day at a time. And you might add to that one step. So one day and one step at a time. If you are overwhelmed with things, don't feel like you got to handle everything all at once. You can only deal with one minute at a time, one hour at a time, one day at a time. And so you break things down into small bits. And you just think, if I have this problem, if I can just spend 12 hours you know, dealing with this as opposed to feeling like I've got to handle this for the rest of my life, that type of reframe of biting off smaller chunks and taking your time to get through the first step before you try to move to the next step can relieve a lot of stress because sometimes your frustration comes from trying to do too much too soon or too much in too short of a time. I was talking to a friend of mine who uh, recently um, lost her mother, and another friend of mine uh, lost his mother not too long ago, and Part of the discussion is, you know, how long does it take to get over this? And my thought is it takes as long as it takes. Oftentimes, the amount of time it takes you to get through a period of grief depends on the value and importance of that relationship. And the more attached you were to that person, the greater the loss and the longer time it's going to take for you to get over it. So if you say, I'm going to just try to get through this day and this day only, and you do that every day, then you'd be surprised at how fast time will pass because you're not rushing yourself and you're just breaking things down into smaller, more manageable pieces, and therefore you relieve some of the distress and you're more likely to avoid some of the health problems that come from being stressed out all the time. This next one says, I will be happy, and it talks about 
uh, Abraham Lincoln that says most folks are as happy as they make up their minds to be. If you're familiar with the story of Abraham Lincoln, uh, most people think about his legacy as our 16th president and the Emancipation Proclamation and all of those things, or you might remember his death or his assassination. But one of the things about Abraham Lincoln was that he had a lifelong problem with depression that got pretty severe, and sometimes it was so severe that he just couldn't function. And he went through a lot of losses. Several of his relatives lost, uh, died, uh, wife, a child. And so there was a lot of tragedies in his life. There were multiple business failures. Uh, he ran for public office numerous times before he ever won, and he became one of our most famous um, presidents in spite of all of those losses and failures. And what if he had given up and stopped trying? Then who knows what would have happened. We wouldn't have had the Emancipation Proclamation probably and still be in slavery. But Abraham Lincoln is a perfect example of someone who had tenacity and perseverance. And in spite of his chronic depression and the multiple failures that he encountered in life, he was able to pull himself out of that and become one of our most notable presidents throughout the history of this United States. And basically, Abraham Lincoln was basically saying what Aaron Beck, Albert Ellis, and Dr. Mosby said is that we change our thinking. He said most people are as happy as they make up their mind to be. Uh, sometimes you have to act your way into a better way of feeling. You start doing things even though you don't feel like it, and eventually you find a little bit of energy and a little bit of um, perseverance to go with that. But it all goes back to what are your thoughts about the people, circumstances, and events that you encounter from each day, and how can you reframe that thinking to not be so negative? The next one says, I will adjust myself to what is and not try to adjust everything to my own desires. I will take my luck as it comes and fit myself to it. It's basically saying play the hand that you're dealt. When you look at problems in relationships, the main reasons people have problems in their relationships is because someone's either doing something you don't like or they're not doing something you want them to do. Somehow they are not meeting your expectations. And if you go through life expecting most of your expectation to be met, then you're going to be very disappointed in a lot of instances because sometimes people will choose not to meet your expectations, even though they can and probably should. They have the right to make that choice. And so you want to be realistic. And whatever happens in your life, you want to try to make the best of it. Um, Things aren't going to always be the way that you want them to be, and sometimes that's just the reality of life. And you want to try to make the best of the situation and not get bogged down in trying to change things or really beyond your control. And some people are very superstitious, and when negative things happen to them, they assume that there's some supernatural external power that's causing that to happen. Sometimes people get frustrated and even blame God. They have uh, someone that they love uh, dies or gets some type of chronic illness or serious illness, or particularly an instance would be a parent losing a child. 
sometimes when people experience those types of events in life, they will get so angry they blame God for what's happening, even though that's not the source of the problem. The source of the problem sometimes is just a human being making a bad decision and create misery in someone's life. But you have to take things as they come and try to make the best of it and not force yourself to try to do something that you're really not capable of doing. Another thing is that says, I will strengthen my mind, I will study, I will learn something useful. Uh, there's a lot of benefit in learning. Uh, as we grow older, uh, it's important that we are aware that there are things that come with age. One of them is that we lose our memory, and I can't remember what the other one is. Uh, but we have to remember that as you age, things are going to be different, and there's a lot of research that shows that uh, reading, um, doing crossword puzzles or playing Scrabble or games that cause you to think or some of the trivia games, um, there are a lot of things that are on the market that are designed to help us to continue to use our brain to continue to think and it's like a muscle. The more you exercise it, the more powerful it's going to be. So you want to be a lifelong learner, uh, always trying to find something new to read. To There's such a wealth of stuff on the Internet that's at your disposal. But the point here is to strengthen your mind uh, to study something. It could be reading your Bible or studying your Bible. It could be reading things for pleasure, um, but if you get stuck and you don't do things to exercise your mind, if you don't do something that requires effort, thought, and concentration, a lot of people just become couch potatoes. They sit and watch TV aimlessly, and uh, that's not strengthening your mind. So there are a lot of options out there for you to get into personal development. And that could be both physical as well, but the main thing here is to strengthen your mind through doing things that are purposeful, that require a little effort, focus, and concentration. And the long-term benefit of that is you might put off dementia or Alzheimer's. There are some interventions that are used with people that are aging that are designed to help them to process and to use their mind so that they can postpone the onset of dementia and some of the other things that go with aging. So take advantage of those resources and find ways to for personal development to strengthen your mind and your intellect but to be a lifelong learner. Well, we're going to take another quick break here, and then we'll come back in a few minutes and pull out some other bits of wisdom from this Just for the Day poem and share some other thoughts with you. So hang on, and we'll be back in a few minutes. You're spending your evening with Dr. Bo on Let's Straighten It Out, right here on the Soul of America Radio. Don't go anywhere. Dr. Bo is coming right back. I'm Tony Stallings with the Soul of America Radio, and we'd like to thank you for your patience. That's right, patience during our construction. We are reconstructing SOAR for the best experience possible for you. I wouldn't have it any other way. 
Most of our programmings are no longer available as we are revamping everything. We aren't going nowhere. We're just getting better. Thank you for your continued support, as always. Love you and peace. Keep soaring. Give Dr. Bull a call at 323-784-9638 and press 1 to speak with Dr. Bull. This is the Soul of America Radio. And we now return you to Let's Straighten It Out with Dr. Bo, right here on the Soul of America Radio. Okay, folks, welcome back to tonight's episode of Let's Straighten It Out. This is Dr. Bo, a.k.a. Big Easy, and we're just sharing some bits of wisdom tonight with you from a poem entitled Just For Today and looking at how can you reframe your thinking about the people, events, and circumstances that you encounter in life that are distressing and upsetting to you, how can you reframe your thinking to something more positive and help to avoid some of those stress-related illnesses that are so prevalent today. And so we want to continue sharing some thoughts with you from this poem and, again, encourage you to call in and share your thoughts and if you've got some topics that you want us to cover in the coming weeks, then you know, let me know at number 323-784-9638. We want to pick up uh, with this poem uh, just for today. And it says, just for today, I will exercise my soul in three ways. I will do someone a good turn and not get found out. If anyone knows of it, it will not count. I will do at least two things I don't want to do just for exercise. I will not show anyone my feelings are hurt. They may be hurt, but today I will not show it. This is really showing constraint and a little bit of uh, perseverance and self-control. There's a lot of benefit in helping other people. Um, A lot of people do things. They're very benevolent, very generous people, and they don't want any accolades or medals or public notoriety for what they do. They do it for a personal uh, benefit and for a personal reward. So um, there's a lot of potential benefit of just helping other people and doing things not so that you can get a pat on the back on accolade, but just so that you have the self-satisfaction that you did something to help someone. And if you try to do that several times a day without someone knowing about it, then there's an internal benefit and growth process that takes place because you're basically getting the self-satisfaction that you've been able to help someone, and then you are rewarding yourself, and then you're not depending on other people to give you a pat on the back because you're doing that yourself, and you're not doing it for selfish reasons. You're a very selfless person, so you're more concerned about helping the other person than you are about getting a pat on the back. If you do that several times a week, that brings a lot of warm fuzzies and helps you to feel good about yourself. But in the meantime, you're helping other people. The thing about doing at least two things that you don't want to do just for the exercise, again, that could be an internal reward of having the fortitude to do something that's not desirable, uh, just to get outside of yourself and to not be selfish, but to do something because it's a good thing to do. And even though 
<laughs> you might not want to or might not feel like it, over the long haul, there's some benefit to be gained from just persevering to do something outside of your desire and learning that you can do things that you don't want to do, that you can endure some of these things. And there are some growth opportunities there. If we only did the things that we wanted to do or that we felt comfortable and confident doing, then a lot of times things wouldn't get done. Uh, a lot of people that have been successful are successful because they're willing and able to push themselves and they get outside of their box. They do things that they might not particularly want to do, but they do it because it's beneficial to someone else. They do it because of that internal feeling that we have of self-satisfaction when we know that we've done a good deed. And so you don't have to be a Boy Scout to do a good turn daily. Um, just plain old everyday folks can do good deeds and can reach out and help someone, and that helps you to feel good about yourself. The other part of this is not letting, not wearing your feelings on your sleeve. Sometimes people say things that hurt our feelings, and it's not intentional. Sometimes it is intentional, but whether it's intentional or not, you can make a choice to not let that get to you. You can make a choice, I'm not going to let that person see me upset. I might be upset, and I might just be frustrated and angry enough to want to punch the lights out, but that's not going to be helpful. And just having that much restraint to not let people get to you, to not let them push your buttons, that's empowering. You're taking back the power of not letting someone else control your thoughts and feelings, uh, not letting your negative thoughts about this person or that situation create emotional distress for you. And so those are things that you can do, being benevolent, doing something to help someone, doing something that you don't really want to do, and not letting people know that they're hurting your feelings. And sometimes if you let them know that they're hurting their feelings, you're basically giving them the power to control the situation, and they just keep doing it, and you get frustrated. Eventually, nothing good is going to come of that. If you reframe that and just not let it get to you or not show that it's getting to you, that can be very empowering. So try it sometimes. You know, let someone know. And you don't have to let them know you're not going to let them hurt your feelings. You can just not let them do it. They'll figure it out eventually. But that's there's a lot of power in taking control of your life in that way. This next one I think is really helpful. It says, just for today I will be agreeable. I will look as well as I can, dress becomingly, talk low, act courteously, criticize not one bit, not find fault with anything and not try to improve or regulate anyone except myself. That's taking control of your own life. Uh, there's a lot of benefit in just taking care of the way that we look. Um, and it doesn't have to be anything fancy and expensive. It could just be something that's neat and clean, that fits well, that is becoming. And if you dress a certain way, Sometimes that can help you to just feel better about yourself. Um, not getting all bent out of shape. Someone might upset you, but instead of shouting and screaming and yelling, talk to them in a cool, calm voice. And what you'll find sometimes is when you talk to people in a cool, calm voice, they don't become defensive and they respond in kind with a cool, calm voice. 
especially with our children. Uh, you want to use nonverbal behavior and nonverbal skills to help get your point across, and you don't have to shout and scream. You can be assertive without being aggressive, but if you do that in a low tone of voice and uh, being courteous to other people, uh, acts of kindness or contagious, and you see that in public sometimes. Someone is going through a door and you hold the door open for them. Next thing you know, they're holding the door open for the person coming behind them. So that can have a domino effect. Criticism doesn't really help much of anything. Finding fault doesn't help anything. So it's supposed to try to get other people to change and criticize and finding fault with other people. What can you do to change? How can you be the catalyst of change, of doing things differently, of trying to be a role model to someone, and as opposed to wearing yourself out and getting stressed out, being negative and trying to get other people to please you, then it might be beneficial for you to just do what you can to improve and to regulate yourself and not trying to boss and control someone else. Uh, You only have control over your own thoughts, feelings, and behavior, and you can't control anybody else, and it's really a waste of time to even try. So just trying to be agreeable and courteous, that type of reframing can help reduce your level of stress. It can keep your blood pressure down. It can keep your heart rate more even, and you don't have some of those negative physical symptoms that happen when you get stressed out or when you're upset and angry. And especially if you're someone with a short fuse that's liable to become aggressive when you get angry, then you really want to practice this every day to try to monitor yourself and manage your behavior to where it doesn't get out of control because sometimes once it gets started, you can't slow it down and can't stop it. So that's one way of trying to just maintain control for the beginning. This next one is very important. Um, It says, just for today, I will have a plan. I might not follow it exactly, but I will have it. I will save myself from two paths, hurry and indecision. A lot of people are stressed out because they don't have a plan. They don't have a calendar. I know people that don't even wear a watch, and that's one of my pet peeves is that I'm thinking, how can you expect to be on time if you don't wear a watch? And so... You can have a plan. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be a long, detailed plan. But <clears throat> with with smartphones and a lot of the technology that's available to you, you can have things in your smartphone that will have reminders. You can have your daily plan, your weekly plan. Uh, you can be very organized, and that would be one way to keep your level of stress down. A lot of people are very impatient. They're always in a hurry. Uh, They go to a fast food place, and it takes them 90 seconds to get your order, and you're frustrated. Why can't you get it in 30? Um, One of the problems with our society is that we rush, rush, rush. And another thing is the opposite end of that spectrum is that there are a lot of people that are very indecisive. It takes them 30 minutes to decide if they want chocolate or vanilla ice cream. And so... Hurry and indecision can be very stress-provoking, and that's not good. So if you're one of those people that are always late, always in a hurry, slow down and get organized. 
You know, there are a lot of different ways of doing that. If you have a hard time making decisions, what is it that you're afraid of? <coughs> Excuse me. Nobody's perfect. You're not going to always have everything in order and right. So sometimes you just have to decide. It reminds me of a poster that was pretty popular back in the 70s, and it said, not to decide is to decide. If you put off a difficult decision, it's not going to make it any easier just because you put it off. Sometimes you just have to think about the pros and cons and go for it and then make adjustments as you go. So if you're unorganized and always hurry or if you suffer from what I call uh, paralysis by analysis, you're always analyzing stuff and trying to get it perfect before you move. Uh, it's kind of like people that say, well, I've got too many problems in my life. Once I get my life in order, I'm going to go to church. Well, that's kind of backwards. You might want to try going to church to get your life in order or go to counseling to get your life in order. Uh, but if you struggle with hurry and indecision, if you're disorganized, then one way to reframe things and to remove some of your distress is to get more organized. The next one is very helpful and healthy, and it basically is talking about meditation, that you're going to spend a quiet half hour all to yourself just to relax. And during that time, you're going to be introspective. You're just going to try to get a better perspective of your life, just to stop and think about things. And just relax, just chill. You don't have to get into yoga or any of that. That's one option if you choose. But sometimes just go into a quiet room, turn the lights off or turn them down low and just sit back and meditate and relax and to think about yourself, your life, and where you want to go, what you want to be, what you want to do. But that isolating yourself from all of the stress of the day can be very healthy and can help you to avoid some of the problems that come from this chronic stress that we find ourselves in. Uh, this last one says that uh, just for today I will be unafraid, especially I will not be afraid to enjoy what is beautiful and to believe that as I give to the world, so the world will give to me. Fear, anxiety, and apprehension of avoidance are deadly. Uh, a lot of people have irrational fears and phobias, so we're not necessarily talking about phobias. We're talking about that generic fear where you don't try something because it's not comfortable, familiar, or predictable. You don't want to take chances, especially in your relationships. You miss out on a lot of good things because of avoidance and because of fear. You know, some people have a fear of commitment, for example. They have someone who <clears throat> is very loving, kind, and has a lot of positive traits, but for because they've been hurt before, I'm not going to take that chance and get hurt again. So they miss a lot of opportunities of having a positive relationship because of that fear. And so you want to take time and smell the roses as you go along and to not allow your fears and your apprehensions and distrust to rob you of the joy of some of the positive experiences and relationships that you might have in life. you got to figure out a way to uh, face your fears, which <laughs> I'm laughing because my five-year-old grandson was here last week and um, he was telling my wife, well, Grandma, you just got to face your fears. And to have a five-year-old tell you that is kind 
kind of an eye opener, but uh, you need to face your fears, whatever they might be. And sometimes you might surprise yourself. The things that you fear the most might end up being a whole lot less difficult than you realize. And, you know, there's an old saying, what goes around comes around, you get as good as you give. So be giving. Um, don't hold on to things. As my grandmother used to say, if a, a tight fist holds on to the money, you can't get any more in your hand. So um, you got to let go of your fears, step outside of your box, try something new and different. Um, you're going to work, go to work a different way just for a change. Um, make up your mind that when you go out each morning, you're going to speak to every person that you encounter, but just do something that's a little bit different, that's a little giving. A smile and a good morning can really make somebody's day. They're coming out there down in the dumps thinking nobody cares, and just a simple smile and hello might make a big difference uh, for someone. So there are some things that you can do to change the way that you think about your circumstances and just breaking things down into smaller bits of more manageable chunks of life and not try to feel like you got to do everything all at once or to fix all of your problems at once. And just that simple change in the way you think about yourself, change the way that you think about people, circumstances, and events, just changing your thinking in general can relieve a lot of stress or distress and really help you to get on that road to happiness. And it's a journey it's not going to happen overnight. Uh, some of you have some habits that are lifelong, and they're not going to change overnight. Some of them aren't going to change, period. But that doesn't matter. You don't have to be perfect. Uh, pick one or two things that you feel comfortable with. Practice that over a period of time. Build up the skills to where it becomes second nature, and then choose something else. And you just kind of graduate from there, taking it one day and one step at a time. So... Think about these things, and hopefully some of these things will be of benefit to you, just changing the way that you think about life and about yourself, breaking it down into smaller chunks, choosing to see the glass as half full instead of half empty, um, playing the cards that you're dealt, uh, not trying to change other people, but to look at what can you do to strengthen your mind, to learn something, learn a new skill, learn a new uh, talent, you know, take a music lesson, learn to play a musical instrument. Uh, there are a lot of things that you can do that will enlighten your life, will enhance your life. Uh, go out and uh, encounter this uh, young man that's um, cutting our grass that shared with me last week that for years he had wanted to take a sign language class. And he finally last week had signed up, and he was so glad that he did because, you know, it turned out to be very rewarding just for that first class. So sometimes trying to learn something new and different, it might be a little frightening at first, but the satisfaction of completing that task of learning something, uh, learning to speak a foreign language, for example, uh, that can require some commitment, obviously, and it will take some time, but again, you just have to take it one day and one step at a time and not try to force your life into a small compartment. Um, changing the way that you 
feel about yourself and the way that you interact with people, just trying to be more positive and outgoing. Even if you're a shy and withdrawn person, you can learn to be uh, more positive and outgoing. Uh, I haven't always been comfortable speaking in public, or I was pretty shy growing up, and some folks will probably remember that and are probably a little surprised to see me being more outgoing and, and assertive. Uh, it's quite different than the way I used to be. And it wasn't always easy. Sometimes it was out of necessity. Sometimes I was put in situations where I really didn't have any choice but to change. But most of it was purposeful, planful, intentional change. And it's just so different. It's so much more rewarding to get through that process of trying something different that you didn't think that you could do. So think about this. Uh, I will put this on the uh, on my Facebook website. I'll put it on the Soul of America Radio uh, website. Um, if you have a desire for it, uh, call in uh, 323-784-9638. And um, if you don't have Facebook or whatever, uh, we can email it to you. This last piece that I want to share with you um, is what's commonly known or uh, attributed as the prayer of Assisi. And it's something that's another way of reframing things. So I'm going to share this with you, and then we'll be out for the day and then come back next week. But this little piece I've always liked, it says, Lord, make me an instrument of thy peace. Where there's hatred, let me sow love. Where there's injury, pardon. Where there's doubt, faith. Where there's despair, hope. Where there's darkness, light. And where there's sadness, joy. O Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love, for it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Uh, just a different way of thinking. So hopefully, folks, some of these bits of wisdom will sink in uh, take one of them and meditate on it. Uh, try a little different way of thinking sometimes and then see if that won't help to relieve your stress. So again, uh, this is Dr. Bo, a.k.a. Big Easy. We'll be signing off for tonight, and we'll be back with you next week with something different. But uh, make sure you come back and see us next week.